Welcome to the Vertical Church Podcast. Now here's Pastor Josh Butcher with today's message. Well, this is awkward. Merry Christmas. Probably wondering right now, uh, is there something wrong with stage lights? Is uh, something wrong with the projector? What's going on? Actually, everything's working just fine. You see, the only thing that's really missing right now in this moment is light. You see, when Jesus came into the world, there's a metaphor that the Bible uses to talk about him. And they said that he was the light of the world. The interesting thing about light is that in our world, we've never known a world without it. We've never known a world without light. In fact, we are consumed 24-7 with light. In our culture, you have to buy, um, you have to buy blackout shades to get in the dark in your room. To go to sleep at night, to black out the 24-7 light of street lamps and street lights, you have to fight against that constantly. In fact, if you really want to get in the dark, maybe you have to go camping. Uh, Go out into the woods, maybe, maybe go really, really far away, and perhaps when you look up into the night sky, you'll see light. You see, in our world... We've never really known dark because all we've ever known has been light. But here's the thing about light. You never miss the light until it's gone. Nobody really misses the light until it's gone. Well, I want to welcome you to uh, Vertical Church this morning. We can go ahead and bring the, the, the lights up. Yeah, there we go. Um, Welcome to Vertical Church. We're excited that you're here, man. Uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, You've been told that several times already, but uh, I want to say it for myself. My name is uh, Josh. I'm the lead teaching pastor here at uh, Vertical Church, and it's just, um, it's our honor to to have you here today to spend uh, Christmas Eve with you to, to, uh, to celebrate uh, Jesus. And like Pastor Brian said, if you're here for the first or second time, we would love for you to fill out that communication card, drop it off on the way out so that we can, um, we can just touch base with you. And I'll, I'll give you a, uh, just a little bit of information. Um, if you fill that out, you get a gift today, but the bigger gift comes in the mail later this week, uh, next week when you get home and you don't even know it's coming and it shows up and you'll be excited about it. And it's real practical. Uh, it'll be helpful for you. So just fill that out. Uh, make sure on your way out, you know, you get those family photos, uh, grab some hot chocolate at the hot chocolate bar, enjoy the snow outside, even though it's about 70 degrees, but it's cool. Uh, it's Christmas in Hampton Roads, right? Like it is Christmas in Hampton Roads. Um, I don't know why you're here today. You know, I'm the, I'm the lead teaching pastor and I really don't know why you're here because there, there are all kinds of reasons that you could be here this morning. Uh, maybe you're here because you love Jesus. Maybe you're here because you want to celebrate. You're, you're thankful. You're hopeful. You, you're, you, you love the light. And so you want to celebrate that. Any chance that you get, you're expectant. You're wondering what is God going to do in your life in 2017. Maybe you're here today because uh, you just felt like, you know what? It's Christmas. I should probably go to church. 
I go to church on Christmas. I go to church on Easter because that's what I do, because that's how I was raised. Maybe that's you. Maybe you were raised in church and, and you went to church all the time. And so you became an adult and you thought, well, I should probably at least go on Christmas. If you're here, we're excited that you're here. But maybe there are some of you in here that you really don't want to be here. <laughs> you're like, you know, somebody dragged you here today and you're just trying to make peace in the family because you know that you've got to spend some time with these people over the next few days. So you don't want them fussing with you and fighting at you over the next, you know, 48 hours. So you just said, you know what? Fine. I'll go to church with you. Just leave me alone. Right. If that's you, I want to say something special to you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I hope that today changes the way you think about Jesus. I hope that today changes the way you think about church. Because before Jesus came, before what we believe is before Jesus came, that, that the people of Israel, and Israel is like Jesus' home culture, right? His home, uh, his home people group. Jesus himself was a, was a Jew. He was from the nation of Israel. And, and the people of Israel, before Jesus came, were looking forward. They were looking forward to the day when a Savior would come. When, when, when this promise, what they called, the word they used is they used the word Messiah. They were looking for the Messiah to come and to uh, deliver them and to save them. They, they, they would say, we were, we're waiting on the light of God. We're waiting on the light of God to appear. But, but when they talked about God, they didn't talk about like, um, you know, some big powerful force, some cosmic unknown that's detached and distanced from the creation. That's not how they talked about God. When they talked about God, they talked about a God who had revealed himself to them personally. He had revealed himself to them personally. And so they talked about a God that they were in relationship with. And this God told them, he said, I'm going to come. I'm going to come to you. I'm not going to tell you when. I'm not going to tell you how. I'm not going to tell you exactly where. I'm going to give you some clues and some hints. But I'm going to come, and I'm going to come in a very specific human form. In fact, one of the prophets at that time, hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus ever walked the, the, the planet, the prophet Isaiah said this in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. If you, if you grew up in church, you probably recognize this verse. It says this, The people walking in darkness have seen a great Light. He's, he's talking about some future time. He's prophesying and he says, On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And what Isaiah could only long for and what Isaiah could only dream about came true, we believe, over 2,000 years ago when the light dawned. The light came. Now, if that's all true, then the question we have to wrestle with at some level, everybody in the room, regardless of what brought you here today, whether you're excited, whether you just think it's what you're supposed to do at Christmas, or whether you're here um, out of protest, you know, under, under protest, whatever it is, we all have to wrestle with this one question. What's the big deal about light? <laughs> if it's true that the light has come, that, that, that Isaiah saw it ahead of time, and Jesus came, and we know that Jesus was Real. We, like we have, we have uh, testimony not only in the Bible but outside of the Bible. We know that there was a person named Jesus, and he did everything he, that the Bible said he did. If that's true, what's the big deal about light? Now, a question to kind of help us wrap our brains around this question is: is this? Um, could you and I, by chance, be taking the light for granted? Again, remember because we've only lived in a world of light. 
We've, we've never lived in a world without Jesus. We've never lived in a world that hasn't been impacted by Jesus. And so it's incredibly possible for us to take for granted the light, to take for granted Jesus. It's possible for Christians, people who say they follow Jesus, who, who said they've committed their lives to him, it's possible for them to take for granted the presence of Jesus. It's possible for those of us who want nothing to do with Christianity. We want nothing to do with Jesus. We're not sure about God. It's possible for us to take Jesus for granted because, again, remember, we live in a world filled with light. We live in a world impacted by Jesus Christ. We have never not, we, those of us in this room, have never not lived in a world impacted by Jesus. So as a result, could it be possible, just, just, just making a guess, that we could be taking Jesus for granted? Just making assumptions that he's here. Now, most of us know the story of Christmas. You know, like most of us know the story of Christmas, but but we've been looking at for the several weeks now the story behind the story of Christmas. Like there's the story of Christmas, right? Like, uh, you know, the video, there's angels and, and there's an inn and innkeeper and Mary and Joseph and wise men and shepherds and sheep and animals and a little baby in a manger. Right. Like like we know the story. But because we know the story so well, it's possible for those of us who have always known the light to lose the, the power in the story. You know what I mean? It's, it's possible for it to just become a story and we miss out on the significance. We miss out on the meaning because, because we don't know the story behind the story. We know the what, but we're not really sure about the why. We know the what happened. We know, you know, angel came to Mary, came to Joseph, you're going to have a baby. You know, you're not going to be married yet. It's going to be scandalous. But Joseph, go ahead and still be married to her. It's good. And they go and Nazareth and then they go to Bethlehem and there's no room and in and bam, Jesus comes. We know the what, but we lose the power of the what when we don't understand the why. When we, when we don't get the story behind the story. Now, last week we looked at Matthew and Luke and we basically just told the Christmas story. We put the two together in like a mashup uh, song selection where you just put two artists together. We did that and we told the Christmas story. And if you didn't get to catch that, go to verticalchurch.tv and you can watch last week's message where we just lay out the Christmas story. We say, here's the what. And today what I want to do is I, I want to I take a step back. I want to get a, you know, a 20,000 foot perspective and look at the why. And John is the one who gives us the why. John is the one who, who, who takes the curtain and, and, and separates it from the story and lets us see behind the scenes. Why this event? Why this event with the lie? Why this event of Jesus? Because there's the thing, man. There were thousands of babies born the same year Jesus was. Matter of fact, in, in Judea, in, in, in the, that part of the world, there were thousands of babies born during that time. There were probably dozens of babies born in Bethlehem. We don't know that, you know, we don't know how many babies were born that year. So why is this one different? Why is this one special? I mean, why is it, why is this one still relevant today? Thousands and thousands of years after it happened, why are we still talking about it? Why is it important? Well, John, the guy we're going to look at today and, and read what he wrote, uh, he was a close disciple of Jesus. Uh, he didn't want to be a disciple. He wasn't like looking to follow Jesus. In fact, Jesus just showed up one day and said, hey, you want to follow me? He looked at he and John and his brother and said, hey, why don't you follow me? And they said, 
Okay, and so for over three years, John followed Jesus. John was there when Jesus would teach and he heard the words that came out of Jesus's mouth. And John was there when when Jesus would heal somebody and he watched in front of his own eyes when this person who couldn't walk started walking or or, or this person who was who was laying almost dead, got up full of life. And, and John saw that and John was there when Jesus did miracles and like like he multiplied the kids lunch and, and all of a sudden he fed the multitude and John saw saw this and eventually over the course of, of, of three plus years, John became convinced that Jesus was not simply a good teacher. And John became convinced that Jesus wasn't simply a good human being. And John became convinced that Jesus wasn't even some kind of miracle worker. John became convinced because of what he saw, because of what he heard, because of what he experienced, that this guy named Jesus was in fact God. That's what he says. He says, you are God. Jesus is God. And years later, he would write his experience down in a, in a, in a book that we call the Gospel of John. You find it in the New Testament of the Bible. And I want to look at the first five, five verses that he wrote in John chapter 1. So if you have a Bible, you can open it up there. If you have a smartphone, just uh, if you have the Version app, you can pull it up there. Search for vertical. And you can find the scripture right there. So let's jump into this. If you don't have any of that, just look at the screen behind me. And the, the, the passages will be right there. John chapter 1, uh, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, when a lot of us think about God, we think of, you know, some, some kind of impersonal force, like the, uh, like the cosmic clock winder, and he, he wound up the clock and he just let it go off and, and do its thing. But, but that's not what John is saying. John is making a huge claim here. John is saying that the Word was God and, 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 and was with God. And, and what he's saying, ultimately he's saying that the Word is Jesus and if you've ever wondered what God looks like, just look at Jesus. This is what, this is what John's telling us in the very first verse. He's saying if you've ever wondered what God thinks about you, if you've ever wondered how God feels about you, if you've ever wondered what God would do for you, John says, just look at Jesus because Jesus is God. Amen. If you've ever wondered, does God like me? Does God welcome me? Does God accept me? How does God feel about people like me? How does God feel about people who mess up? How does God feel about people whose lives are, are, are crashing down? Then just look at Jesus. How did he feel about those people? What did he think? How did he interact with them? That's how God feels. Because Jesus is God. That's what John tells us. Verse 2, he says, he was with God in the beginning. And of course, when we hear this phrase, in the beginning, over and over and over, for those of us who are familiar with the Bible, it takes us back to Genesis. Genesis chapter 1, in fact, where, uh, where God created everything, where the first words out of Genesis are in the beginning, right? So what, what John wants us to see is that this story that I'm about to write for you, this, that my experience of Jesus, this isn't a story just about one person, one man, in one place at one time. Right. He, right at the very beginning, he wants us to see that this story is a story about God and the whole world. That this is a cosmic story. This isn't just about Jesus. This isn't just about the birth of Jesus. This is about the full meaning of everything. John's about to lay out for us everything. I remember uh, back before uh, our family moved here uh, to, to Chesapeake, uh, we lived in, in Knoxville, Tennessee, and I was a youth pastor. 
And, um, and there was a season in our church where we didn't have a kids pastor. And so my wife and I, we jumped in. Really, she jumped in more than I did. But I was like her sidekick, you know. Like I, I'd set up stuff and, uh, and do like small group time with the kids. And I'm not good at that. Like I am terrible. The kids, the kid, little kids, like kids ministry age, they, they don't like me because I'm not that funny to them. They just look at me and stare at me strangely like I'm a weird guy. But anyway, um, I, we were talking one Sunday and I, I asked, I said, hey, who created the universe? Because we were talking about creation, right? I said, who created the universe? And I was expecting them to say God, right? But they gave me the other church answer, which was Jesus. And I thought, well, not, you know, not, well, wait a second. And then I kind of thought, I was like, well, actually, no, I think they're right. Check, check out what John says in verse three. You, you'll see what I'm saying. Verse three. Let's go to the let's go to the next one. Uh, he says, "Through him, him being Jesus, through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has ever or that has been made." So, so those like four or five year old kids, they were they they couldn't multiply and divide, but they had their theology nailed down. They were right. Like, yeah, Jesus through Jesus is what John tells us. Through Jesus, everything that is came into being. Because he was with God at the beginning, and he is God. And then he goes on, verse 4, he says this, In him was life. That's an amazing claim. And we've been looking at this now for several weeks. And, and, and John's saying, in Jesus is life. But not just normal, like, physical life, you know? Not just, not just uh, every day I'd wake up in the morning and brush my... Not that, not just physical life. He's talking about... You know that feeling when you're fully alive? You know what I mean? Like when 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 you are you you like you know you hit the you, you hit that place, the pinnacle, the, the climax of your life, like you hit the top of the mountain and you're like, I am I am so present in this moment right now, I am fully alive. And John says that's what Jesus came bringing. He says in him was 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 life. And he goes on and he says, and that life was the light of all humanity. And I can't emphasize this enough. I think I've said it just about every week in this series. John is saying that that Jesus did not just come to be the light for John. And Jesus didn't come just to be the light for church people. And Jesus didn't come just to be the light for the good enough or the rich or the powerful. John says he came to be the light of for all humanity, for everyone, anyone, as Isaiah would say, who finds themselves in darkness, John says the light has come. And Jesus is the light for everyone. And then he look, he says this, man, and this is, man, this makes me excited. Verse five, he says, the light shines in the darkness. It's hard to understand the idea of darkness when all you've ever known is light. It's difficult to understand. It's difficult to understand what a world of darkness looks like when you have been surrounded by a world of light. But if we take away the light, the only thing we're left with is darkness. And you might be in a moment right now in your life where you feel like, like in your life there's more darkness than light. Maybe that would describe how you feel this morning, this, this Christmas Eve morning, right? And you would, if we would sit down and talk and just share and have a personal moment, you would say, Pastor Josh, you know, I just feel like in my life right now, there's, there's more dark than there is light. There's more difficulty than there is success. There's more suffering than there is joy. There's, there's more heartache than there is excitement. 
And maybe that's you. And if that is you, man, like I said, I'm glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here. And here's why I'm glad you're here. Because the next part of verse 5, look what, look what, 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 what he says in, in the second part of verse 5. He says, and the lie and the darkness has not overcome it. Thank you. He says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. You know, matter of fact, if we're talking about darkness and light and in the beginning and making and creation, it really does sound a lot like Genesis chapter 1. Look at, look at this. Look at Genesis chapter 1 and verses, verses 1 and 2. This is the very beginning of the New Testament, or beginning of Old Testament. He says, in the beginning, we recognize that. Sounds exactly like how John started. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And maybe, maybe this Christmas, that's, that's, that's where you find yourself right now. Maybe this hasn't really been a good year for you. Maybe it hasn't been a good season. It hasn't been a good Christmas. And you find yourself like, like, like the, first, the first verse of, of Genesis. Darkness is over the surface of your life. And, and, and maybe that's how you would describe your marriage right now. Because it's holding on by less than a strand, right? Like it's just barely holding on and you're trying to keep it together. And it feels like the darkness is going to win. Maybe, maybe, maybe in your life... Maybe in your life you've got more on the gift list this year than you do money in the bank and it's depressing you because you feel like the darkness is winning. Or maybe maybe there's an addiction that you've been struggling with and you just can't seem to uh, get any kind of forward momentum on it. And you think you have, you think you've, you think you've won, you think you've conquered it and defeated it, but it just comes roaring back and you find yourself in the same place doing the same thing, you know, whether it's, whether it's a, uh, whether, whether it comes in the form of a bottle or in the form of uh, a pill or whether it comes in the form of your phone, looking at stuff you ought not to be looking at and you can't escape that addiction. Maybe you find yourself right now in the darkness of depression and, 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 and it feels like, you know, you're trying to get into the joy of the season, but it feels like there's just this, this cloud of depression over the surface of your life. I've got good news for you. This is not where verse 2 ends. It's not, it can be real easy looking from, the, looking from our perspective at the darkness above us. But what Genesis does is so cool how this does it. Genesis pulls us out of the darkness of our life and shows us what's on the other side of the darkness. Look at the rest of this. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the water. See, darkness may have been over the waters, but look what's above the darkness. And see, that's the perspective we got to get this morning. See, the perspective I want you to have is you might feel like darkness is hovering over your life, but what you don't see is hovering over the darkness that's hovering over your life is the Spirit of God. Because God has always been attracted to dark places. This is the weird thing about God. God, our God, the God that we serve, the Jesus God, is the God who comes as light in the darkness. He doesn't run away from the darkness. He doesn't avoid the darkness. He goes straight for the darkness and then he shines his light. And if you feel like this morning that darkness is hovering over your life, know this, God is attracted to the darkness in your life. That's where he shines his light. In fact, the very next verse of Genesis, we don't have it on the screen, but God says the very next words, the very first thing that we hear God speak in the entire human history is let there be light. Because that's always what God does. God always speaks light into dark places. 
This is the this is the MO of God. He speaks light into darkness. And Jesus says that Jesus came as the life who was the light. Meaning, you might feel in this moment that the darkness is winning in your life. You might feel in this moment that the darkness is, is overwhelming, is overcoming, that God isn't anywhere to be found. But what you and I don't see from, from God's perspective is that He's hovering over the darkness of our life. And like John tells us, the darkness is not going to win, that the light will not be overcome. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not will not, can not, ever, ever overcome the light. But that's the problem. (laughs) That's the problem that we face because many of us don't realize the significance of the light that came in Jesus Christ because all we've ever known is a world filled with light. We, 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 We miss out on the significance because we take for granted the light that came in Jesus. Because you never really miss the light until it's gone. So, what does that mean for you and what does that mean for me? Here's what I want to invite you to do this Christmas. I want you to embrace the light. That's it. This Christmas, I want you to embrace the light because here's the truth. Jesus did not come to be an example for you. Jesus did not come to, to, um, to, to be a good teacher. Jesus did not come to, to show you the way. Jesus came to save you from the darkness that was in your life. Jesus came personally because he knew you and I were not accidents. We were not, uh, we, we, we were not born into this world on this planet uh, by default. That God created you. God knows your name. God knows your story. God knows your struggles. God knows your situation. God knows your difficulty. And God knows your darkness. And in spite of all of it and through it all, Jesus came to begin a relationship with you. Because light always shines in the darkness of our lives. So the real question becomes, not, you see, a lot of times what we talk about is what do you do at Christmas? What do you do at Christmas? What do you do at Christmas? What are you going to do this Christmas? That's not really the deal, right? Because here's the deal, man. Christmas is almost over. Like, I hate to tell you that and like ruin the next couple of days for you, but here's what's going to happen. We're going to spend time with people. We're going to eat some food. We're going to open some presents. And then on Monday morning, Christmas will be over. It's going to be gone. But the light will still be shining. The light will still be shining after Christmas is long gone. After Christmas 2016 is over and the store is already putting up Valentine's and Easter candy. Christmas is almost gone. But the light, the light will still be shining. Here's the question I want to ask you this morning. What should you and I do beyond Christmas? What do I do beyond Christmas? Like what what, what do we do with a light that refuses to go out? What do we do with a light that refuses to stop shining? Well, for those of you who are familiar with the light, you know about the light. You've been exposed to the light. You're familiar with it. Here's what I want to challenge you to do this morning. Live in it. Live in the light. Walk in the light. As you move ahead, as you think ahead, as you start making plans for next week and next year, could could this be the year that you decide, I am going to surrender more and more and more of my life to the light who is life, who is found in Jesus. If God is really love, if God is really light, if God is really life, I don't have to run anymore. I don't have to hold back. I can fully surrender. 
Yes. I don't have to. I don't have to hold on to that little part of my life that I haven't given him access to. If you're familiar with the light, here's what I want you to do. I want you to live in the light. If you're just getting to know the light, you just start like you you just began a relationship with God recently, or or you're just kind of easing into this thing. Embrace it. Embrace the light. Listen, there's nothing to fear in Jesus. There's nothing to be fearful of and there's nothing to be shameful of. There's no condemnation, Paul says in Romans. There's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You don't have to be worried about what he thinks about you. You don't have to be fearful. At at his heart, at the heart of Jesus, at the heart of God is love and forgiveness. And he loves you and all he wants you to do is to embrace him, to pursue him. And for those of you who are curious, about the light. You haven't made your mind up. You're not really sure. Like, what do I think about God? I don't know, really know about, I don't know about Jesus. You know, I know that maybe he was real, but I don't really know if he is who he says any of that. Right. Here, here's what I want you to know. If, if, if you're curious about the light, you are invited. You're invited. The same way the angels invited the shepherds in the field to come see what God was doing in a cave in Bethlehem. You and I are invited to see a baby who was so much more than a baby. Who would, who would grow up and he would teach and he would heal and he would do miracles, but he would do so much more. In fact, he would die on a cross to forgive our sins and he would rise again to defeat the darkness in the world, but not just to defeat the darkness in the world, but to defeat the darkness in your world and in my world. You are invited. Maybe this is the year that you accept your invitation. Because see, it's easy to take for granted the light when all you've known is light. We don't miss light until all we have is darkness. So here we are, 2,000 years after Jesus came. Here we are sitting in this auditorium today talking about light and life. And all the while, the light is still shining. And the light is still shining strong. So the question I want to close us with this morning is, is, is this right here. Will we, will you and I live in the dark or will we embrace the light? Let me pray for you. Lord, this Christmas, thank you so much, God, for for coming as the light that still shines in, in the darkness of our lives, in the darkness of our experiences. God, and today some of us are struggling with the darkness around us. We've, we've never actually connected the dots, you know, God, like you are the light and you are shining and we are invited to come and see what you're doing. And Maybe today somebody here wants to surrender their life to you. Maybe today somebody here wants to accept that invitation. If that's you, I don't want anybody just for a moment, okay? Nobody looking around, nobody uh, peeking. I just want to, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to ask you to look at me. Just everybody, you know, bow your heads, close your eyes, let's do that. If that's you, if you're if you're sitting there and you're thinking, you know what, this is my year, this is my time, today is the day I need to surrender my life to Jesus. I've got exciting news for you. That same guy we've been talking about, John, in John chapter 1 verse 12, he says that to anyone who would receive the light, to anyone who would accept the light, Anyone then and anyone now. He said, he said, you don't have to be born into a particular family. You don't have to be from a particular place. God wants people from everywhere to be in his family. John says that anyone who would receive him, he gave the opportunity, the right to become a child of God. 
And if that's you today, if you want to surrender your life to Jesus, here's what I'm just going to lead you in a short prayer. Then we're going to pray one more time. And then Pastor Hope's going to come up and lead us in a closing song. And, and, and our Christmas in Hampton Roads experience is going to be over. But in this moment, everything can change for you. If you're ready to surrender your life to God, I just want to, I want you to pray this with me, okay? You can say it out loud. You can say it under your breath. Say it in your mind, in your heart, however you want to do it. The, the words that we're saying isn't, isn't the, of the utmost importance. Words don't save you. Jesus saves you. So let's just, just talk to him for a moment. You can use my words if they're helpful. Just say, Lord Jesus, I want to invite you into my life. I want to invite the light into my life. I ask you to forgive my sins. I invite you to be my Savior. Today, I give my life to you. Give my heart to you. If you prayed that that prayer, okay? If you prayed that prayer, I want you to know this. We are over-the-top excited about what God is doing in your life right now. God is, is, is reshaping and remaking you. You might... You might not feel something or you might feel something all over you. I don't know. But know this. If you prayed that in your heart and you, you owned those words, God just did something miraculous in your life. And we want to encourage you. We want to support you. We want to do everything we can to help you take your next step. So would you mind just, just at some point the rest of today before you leave, fill out the communication card and flip it over on the back and just check the box that says, send me more info about becoming a follower of Jesus. Because we want to encourage you on this path. This, is, this isn't the, the last thing you do. This is the first thing you do. And we want to help you continue going as the light continues shining. For the rest of us, those of us in the room who maybe we've taken the light for granted, God, I pray that we would not take the light for granted. God, I pray that we would recognize that the light still shines in the darkness. And anytime that we find darkness in our lives, in our hearts, the light will shine in there. Thank you for being the light that shines in the dark places in our dark places. We love you, Jesus. We pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate hearing how God is moving in your life. We all have a story to tell, and we'd love to hear yours. Please visit verticalchurch.tv and click on the little pencil icon called Amen Corner to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to support the ministry of Vertical Church financially, you can do so by clicking the giving link at verticalchurch.tv. Thank you again for taking the time to join us as we point those far from God to life in Jesus.